0: I think it's just like a part of my culture. Like we're very story driven Story is just how we express ourselves too. I just grew up like with so much stories. And so now I just, I feel like I want to tell a story because I feel like stories are what get people's attention and gets them like enthused and things.
1: Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the livable future podcast. I'm Katie Barker, co-creator and I'm here with Wyatt Reynolds, our new team member, and Crystal Dominguez Vasquez, a recent graduate from Colorado State University's Fish and Wildlife Conservation Biology program, and also a lab member of Dr. Gillian Bowser's lab, who you might remember from episodes one and two. In this episode, Crystal shares her stories with us about finding community. At CSU, as a woman of color amongst a pretty monochromatic crowd, and how female mentors played a critical role of support on her journey.
2: Wow, what a powerful topic we have today. Katie, I just want to say thank you for having me and glad to be a part of the team. And then just to clarify for all our listeners, what is STEM and what does it stand for?
1: Oh, thanks for asking that, Wyatt. STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering and mathematics. And recently, we've actually started adding an A in there for arts. So that would be STEAM instead of STEM.
2: Wow, that's so interesting. I had no idea. Before we get started, I would like to acknowledge that we are creating this podcast on lands that were traditional ancestral homelands of the Ute, Arapaho, and Cheyenne people. We would like to honor these people and their contributions to this region.
1: So, Crystal, what's your scientist origin story how did you end up here at colorado state studying fish and wildlife biology and conservation biology and how did you end up in the lab with dr gillian bowser and sarah whipple
0: what started that my love for the outdoors and just conservation in general is because i grew up in nature i went camping a lot um It's just something that I grew up appreciating so much. And so I really wanted to work in that area and like dive into it in any way that I could. And so uh, conservation biology was just like the first thing that I was super interested in. And the way that I, I guess, like I got involved in the Bowser lab is covid (laughs) This kind of, when when it hit, it like kind of messed up some things for me, like other job-wise choices. And so I was trying to figure out like what I could do. And like, there's a lot of limited research going on um, that summer, summer 2020. And so I found out about Gillian and Sarah's work because I'm a part of CoAMP, which stands for Colorado-Wyoming Alliance for part- Minority Participation. So it targets students of color in STEM and gets them connected to STEM research. And so uh, when I heard about Sarah and Gillian's work, I was like pretty interested because I've never worked with pollinators before. This is like my first experience working with pollinators. I've always heard about the issues surrounding like the decline of pollinators, but I've never done research with them. And so I... Yeah, I like dove in that area. I've been working for them since uh, June of 2020, up until now, and so I'm hoping to continue some research into the future because it's been been pretty awesome so far.
1: That definitely seems like a pretty special lab to be a part of. So that's cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one of the things I really, really appreciate about this lab is that they're they really do a lot of outreach to students of color and working in Gillian's lab. I feel like I've been able to be seen. That's like the biggest thing for me and be recognized for like my efforts and my work. You know, um, Sarah has been such an amazing support system and is super flexible, super understanding. They both realize how hard having minority participation, like the, the, the struggles, that we can go through. Um, and I think that's amazing, especially because, you know, Sarah is white. And so she can only be, I guess, like sympathetic, but also just like and her best in ways that she can to be understanding. And so for me, I think that's like super important. I absolutely appreciate that. And so I'm absolutely appreciative of the work that I'm a part of Because like this is like the first experience I've had to be able to like do research, right? Because like everyone in this like major, you know, natural resources should are supposed to like gain experience and skill and stuff. And it's hard to do that, right? Because you have to like look for internships or experience and stuff like that. You had to like have the grades for it and all that. But then to have your identity then be like that roadblock is hard. And so when Gillian and Sarah like they are the ones to like look for those students who whose identities are usually overlooked, like that's why I say it's like it's important, like it's so nice that they see me and recognize my work and ask me to like more do more work for them. And so I I absolutely again, like I I feel like I say that a lot, but I'm super appreciative because it's like again, like I just can't like just how important it is for me to be seen. You know, it's 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 easy for um, students of color, uh, especially women of color, to be lost in STEM because we're not taken seriously. Um, I've been overlooked countless times in a lot of my classes, and so outside of like Gillian's lab, like the amount of times where like I've been belittled and overlooked is just, it's hard and it mentally and emotionally drains me. And so to have this opportunity as a Latina to be able to be a part of this research uh, was is pretty big and to have had all of the opportunities I've had so far have been amazing. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful for Gillian and Sarah for that.
1: That's really neat. And that reminds me, I actually wanted to ask you about your involvement with El Centro and what your experience has been on campus.
0: So the way that I got involved with the Centro was, so I I transferred here from Community College of Denver back in 2018. And I've always wanted to come to CSU. I always felt like it it was like my home. Uh, It was going to be my home. And so I was like loving it when I first was here, like I think like the first week. And then it really set in like, I felt very much out of place. I, you know, I I'm come from like a very small community of all just Latinx people. You know, I was surrounded by other people that looked like me and talked like me, spoke Spanish. Um, I was surrounded by diversity even when I was in community college. And so to come from such diverse background and be surrounded by diverse people to then come to an institution where, I was finally the minority. It was weird and I was panicking and I was freaking out and and I was really feeling like the the stressors of what it is to be discriminated against because for the longest time I I couldn't find a job. It was really really difficult for me to apply for job it, it, it was really difficult for me to see how I was applying for all of these same jobs that my roommate at the time was applying for, and she was getting them, but I wasn't. And it took her like two tries, and it took me seventeen tries. Um, and so it was it was hard. And so I knew I needed to find my community, and so that's why I went towards El Centro because they serve uh, the Latinx population at CSU and also off campus, and so. I got involved by just going to the office at first and like talking to the professional staff and the director at the time, Guadalupe Salazar. She was just an amazing, has been such an amazing mentor and friend to me. And she was able to offer me work. And so she, I yeah, I started working for them as a student staff, as like an office coordinator, transfer coordinator, event coordinator. <laughs> just I wore many hats in that and did a lot of, Things for them. And uh, it's been pretty awesome because I think that we've been able to provide a really good space and do a lot of amazing things with our centro and like uh, really let students know that they have a home away from home and that um, they can always count on us to feel accepted and to feel seen and to be given, you know, that space to breathe. Um, Because I think a lot of us just feel like we can't breathe. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard for us to be in a predominantly white institution, and not get a little bit bogged down by that. And so that's one of the things I loved about working for the Centro and something that I will always appreciate.
1: I'm really glad to hear that that, that, that helped you find community. And it sounds like some opportunities as well being involved there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's actually how I got connected with uh, CoAMP because uh, the director again Weller she knows the CoAMP coordinator for for CoAMP. And so uh, I wanted to do a lot of different like study abroad and do some research. And she was like, Hey, you know, you know, you let me get you connected to all these resources. I have funding for you. And so that was awesome because um to have like that connection and being able to like network through el centro um and then gain all these opportunities have been super awesome because I feel like I you know I didn't have the resources to do that. And so to be able to like be connected because my director knew like that I was doing all of these things, but I just didn't have the resources to do it. And so she just connected me to you know her contacts on campus. And so that's how I was able to be I feel like very successful in my academic career at CSU. And so, yeah, it's, it's been pretty awesome. Through our conversation, Crystal shared with
1: us how amazing it was to have Dr. Bowser and Sarah as mentors and how actually female mentors throughout the college have been a big part of her journey so far
0: every single person like that I have that I can count on. And that like has been a huge support system here for me here at CSU, like have been women, you know, Save for like a couple of male professors and advisors, I have not received as much as like support than that, that like women, you know, specifically a lot of majority being women of color too. Um, from again, from my, the former director from El Centro, Guadalupe Salazar, the coordinator, the co coordinator, Arlene Nettie Dog, uh, Gillian Bowser, Sarah Whipple, like so many, my advice, my academic advisor for community, community for excellence, uh, Patricia Vigil, like all of these women have been like essential for me to be successful and to be like, for me to be where I am now. And, you know, I mean, not to like bash on any of them, but like, I haven't really received like that much help from a lot of male colleagues or peers. It's, it's always been women because they don't really ask anything from me other than just wanting to help. I think, cause they know what it's like. And so they just want to, you know, open the door for you. And that's amazing to me. And that's what I hope I can do next for the next woman. Just help them along as well, you know, and like reach back and just pull them up just the way that I was. That's
1: so good. (laughs) And I've had the same experience, actually. So that's so good to hear that you've had that experience, too, and that you want to pass it on. So speaking of passing it on, it's kind of the big senior question, I guess. But what do you want to do?
0: Oh, no, Um, it's okay. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure, but pressure. Uh, no. Yeah. I, yeah. That's like something that like haunts every senior. Am I right? Like I, so yeah, I'm, well, it's funny because for the longest time, like like since I was a kid, I've been planning out my whole life up until this point. You know, I, I told myself when I was like, in fifth or sixth grade, like, you're going to go to college, you're going to major in fish wildlife. Like I, I've told myself, like, I've never changed my major, say for like that one time when I was in community college. But I, I've, I've been consistent and like stuck to my plan of like what I'm going to do. And now I've almost completed it. And it's like, what are you going to do now, Crystal? Like, <laughs> what's, what's your next step? And so I'm, partly like excited to like, see what is in store because I, I have somewhat like some plans, but they're a little shaky. So I'm excited to see like where those plans go. But at the same time, I'm also excited that I don't have to plan anything yet because I feel like I will be okay, if that makes sense. So right now I have something planned that's like short term in the summer I'm hoping to go to Mexico for turtle conservation. I got into that uh, back in January, 2020, when I studied abroad in Mexico, Baja California Sur specifically. And I met another woman there. Her name is Stephanie Rousseau, and she does amazing work with turtle conservation through her business. Um, and she's also a researcher and she works with the uh, small scale fisheries in La Paz and Sinaloa. And, you know, it's it's really something that I became really passionate about because I've always loved working with communities, uh, specifically communities of color. I've always loved that because it, it just has given me so much sense of purpose, you know, coming from, again, like another community of color um, that's underserved, underrepresented. I, you know, we used to work for Boys and Girls Club. And so I like just love, love, love any type of humanitarian work. Um, and then also conservation, I was like, sick, I'm in. And so, uh, I'm hoping to see, um, if I can do that type of work this summer and just uh, establish, you know, relationships with a lot of these fishermen, hear their stories, um, and gain an understanding of like their work. Right. Because when I went to Mexico and I met with some of these fisheries, I've, I never had like experience with fisheries. And so meeting this small family, these elderly couple, they were just telling me about how hard it is for fishermen to want to do any type of conservation or sustainability work because it interferes with their life. You know, it's a huge part of their identity. Um, And so to try to change that is like hard for them to deal with because it's like, you know, again, it's like a huge part of their identity like there's that's like their only means of like economic stability and so it's like when they have like these conservationists usually a lot of white people they're just like okay you guys are they're seen as the enemy they're like the ones that like you know are trying to mess up everything and so for this fisherman to like realize on his own that oh wait like there's a lot of harm in the fishing techniques that we're doing on this earth like how can I Do better, not only for me, myself, and my immediate family, but like for my future generations, because he thought of his grandson and his son. What are they going to see? What are they going to be left with? And so I just thought that was beautiful in the most heartbreaking possible way. It was heartbreaking, but also beautiful because it was this man who just realized what his impression was on this earth and he wanted to make a change. And I just was like, sold on that I was like how can I help you because he wanted help right and I that's and that's something I felt called to action I felt like that should be like my next like journey in life my next chapter (laughs) um if you will like how can I help you know people like him and help them like in whatever way I can I have now all this knowledge all this education how can I you know lend myself to? Him and his family and his work, and so, and it was very something special for me because I'm also you know Mexican American. I didn't grow up in Baca, Um, so I want to like be able to um, connect with them in that way, but also not impose because still not really a part of the culture in that fashion. But it's it's something that I hope to like continue. Again, like uh, just conservation biology and working with people in those communities I think is something that I want to like establish for myself for the rest of my life because it's just nothing gives me more purpose than that it's something that I'm I'm very passionate about and I, I don't know how to exactly look like how it'll look like um professionally or academically I'm hoping to turn it into like a thesis for like grad school but I don't know time will tell
2: Crystal, I would just like to say that your stories and experiences have been so powerful. I think I speak for all of us when I say we can hear the genuine passion in your voice. It has been so beautiful to hear you talk about your mentors who have all been strong women or other people of color, because you all share similar struggles and experiences, and that's what drives you forward. So thank you for being open and honest in your conversation.
1: I definitely want to echo that. It's been an amazing conversation and we really appreciate your willingness to share with us and be vulnerable. So thank you. And for our listeners, if you were also impacted by Crystal's story and you would like to be a part of raising up minority voices and voices of women in STEM, While the organizations and people that helped Crystal most were a part of Colorado State University, there are also national in the United States organizations and international organizations, such as 500 Women Scientists and SACNAS, which is S-A-C-N-A-S, which advance Hispanics, and Native Americans in science and women in science. And you can get involved by donating your money, donating your time to get the word out, or also looking at their member pools for people to hire for your organizations.
2: Thanks again for listening to us. We are the Livable Future Podcast. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and follow us on your favorite streaming platform. We appreciate the support and hope you tune in next week.